Well, we're continuing in our message series called Identity. And uh, for the last few weeks, you know, we unpack what we believe God is speaking to our church for the year. We always take the month of January and uh, go over that and talk through that. And we believe that this year, our, our New Year's revelation, does anybody remember what a New Year's revelation is, right? There's a difference between New Year's resolutions and revelations. Resolutions you chase, revelations come from God from within. God, God speaks to you the revelation, then it begins to grow and begins to mature and begins to move forward. Last year's New Year's revelation was called New Era. Ever since I've been here, um, start beginning in 2016 was the first time that we did this. The first year year of 2016, our New Year's revelation was called Live the Promise. And uh, we just felt like God was making some promises to us, and we were to step into, at that moment, in that season, the next thing. And so moving on, moving forward, just all kinds of things from Thrive. Anybody remember Thrive? Kaylee, remember Thrive? Thrive, you made the little thing on the back wall, right? And uh, all those kinds of great things. So just all kinds of good stuff that God has spoken to us. And it's really interesting to see... Um, <clears throat> It's interesting to see that, that, that God would, would, uh, would, when he speaks those things, how we begin just to see the unfolding of those things every year, and uh, just so, so great, and, and uh, this year's no different. Identity 2022, okay, Identity 2022, and um, that's what we believe God's speaking to us, and so the first, the first uh, week we talked, I'm just unpacking, just kind of give you a little rehash here of what we did. The first week we talked about um, what God was going to do with us. Okay, what identity truly meant. Last week, we talked about who you are in Christ, who you are in God, right? Who God has called you to be. Today, we're going to be talking about who we were, all right? Who we were, who we were. God's been really challenging me. Today, I just want to let you know, it's going to be a different kind of a message today. Um, hopefully, you walked away inspired. But my main goal for this is not just to inspire you, but to make you feel part of the family, That's it. I want you to know that what you're sitting in right now has been building for a long time, okay? As a matter of fact, and I'll say this later on my notes, but for a matter of fact, it's been building for 87 years. That's how long this church has been here for 87 years on the cross. That's when it first started. We first got affiliated with the Assemblies of God. Um, I'll have to look back at my notes here, but that's been 76 years. So today, uh, this year, we celebrate our 76th year as an Assemblies of God church here within La Crosse. Pretty cool stuff, right? And so, so, what, so what we're experiencing and what we're sitting in right now, which I believe God only has not even scratched the surface of what he desires this church to be moving forward and moving into the next phase of what I believe that God has for us, right? Which I believe that we're here turning the corner. I believe God's doing something with us. Amen. And so, but we'll never know where we're going if we don't remember where we've been. Okay. We'll never know where we're going if we never remember where we've been. So the Lord challenged me this year to dig up some old wells that God started here at River of Life. Um, actually, it was called First Assembly of God on the Cross. I found the construction papers and approvals for 16th and Ferry, where the church began. Where they first bought the property, I saw the property uh, signed in the papers. I saw that they gave Pastor Jones a 15 cent raise. 
I'm sure those board meetings were long and hard, man. Do we, do we not? I don't know. <laughs> I saw where um, they were going to, uh, in one of the board minutes, um, this is back in 1971, they actually were, were um, considering giving the secretary um, a gift of $25, and they had to have a board meeting about that. And uh, the secretary at that time says, no, thank you, that's okay, I'm doing this for the Lord. Pretty amazing stuff. So I got to thinking about, man, I wonder what our church was like back in the day. So I started looking up some old directories and some old pictures and some old things like that. So you'll recognize a few of these if you're, uh, if you're a long timer, okay? I'll get some here in a second, buddy, okay? If, not yet. If you're a long timer here, not old, okay? I'm just saying long timer, okay? Because there's some people in, 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 these, in these next few pictures that I would not consider fourth quarter saints, but they've been here for a long time, okay? Hopefully you can see the pictures good enough. I try to make them as clear as I could, all right? So uh, the first picture I wanna show you is Deb and Larry Jurassic in 1997. This is why I wanted Deb and Larry here, right? The next one is back in 1997, Dave and Vicki Christofferson which I don't know if you remember that. I don't know the year of this next one, but this is Marilyn Jones. She's sitting right over there. Hasn't aged a bit. <laughs> the next one is Paul and Rhonda Andrus of the year 2000. Oh, that's Gary and Judy Harris. Oh, I got you. Gary and Judy Harris. Hi, Gary and Judy. When was that? Oh, there was no date attached to that. I had to really try to do my best to get that picture that clear. So that's Gary and Judy. The next one, I believe, is Paul and Rhonda. There we go. In the year 2000. Now, this next one's fun. This is Fallon and Artina and Christine in 2000. I'm sorry, Fallon. Fallon, I'm sorry. Hey, I could have showed the 1997 picture. That was even better. I gave your mom that one. So uh, <laughs> Fallon now is married to Jared and has a billion kids. And that's right. Next one's Tim and Boalia Desmond with Victor. Look at the baby. That was in, I forget when that was. The next one, whom I appreciate and love so much with all my heart because she still does the work here at the church, this is Jean Jerome. <laughs> right over there, yeah? Jean. This is a great picture too, it's the Van Dykens. Are they here today? Yeah, they're in the back. Okay, Van Dykens. And here's just some fun pictures here. I, I kind of forget what I put here. Some fun pictures here. There's a Curtis. Uh, someone help me with his last name. Curtis Campbell. Curtis Campbell and Pastor Jeff Thompson. And then over here, starting over here on this side, there's Ethel Monroe, right? Marilyn Jones, Donna Wolf, and Carolyn Stone, if anybody remembers them. And then there's Larry and Deb Jurassic teaching the Sunday school for kids. Look how dapper Larry looks over there with that big mustache. Look at Deb. Oh, my goodness. And then, look, there's Faithful Wayne playing the bass guitar. Um, this is my first time here at River of Life Church. Go ahead and flip that. 
That's what it looked like my first Sunday here. Um, actually, I was trying out for the church when I took this picture. Uh, that was in 2015 of July, okay? And then here's what the nursery used to look like. Is that right? Yeah, okay, good. I just want to make sure. One of my favorite pictures, because she's still on the worship team. This is Sarah Pedretti back in 2015. Just a faithful worshiper. And then here's a, fun, here's a fun little thing right here. This is the old board minutes from when Pastor Jones resigned to hit the mission field in 1974. And they had a board meeting on August 5th, 1974. And uh, when Pastor Jones resigned the church, their total general fund was $2,464.71. Surprisingly, I know what that feels like here at the church. Um, missions fund was $112.14. And uh, present were Howard Christensen, Ted Benson. Does anybody remember these people at all? Marvin Earp, Bob K. Oh, I love Bob K. Um, Al Janet, yeah. And then Pastor Anderson. So there has just been all kinds of great things that have happened with our church and through our church. And, and, and one thing that's been really interesting for me is kind of going through the history of our church. See, because I firmly believe that we'll never get to where we're gonna go unless we remember where we've been. David talked about that a little bit. He said, he always said, I'll remember with my soul. Like, I, I just wanna encourage you to, this is a different message. So if, if you're new with us, this is gonna be more kind of church stuff, okay? Come back next week, it'll be completely different, I promise. But, but, but this is uh, just so interesting because, because I can see the themes going on in the church, which I'll talk about here in just a moment. The church, though, this church, River of Life Church, a.k.a. First Assembly of God of the Cross, has a rich legacy. Someone say the word legacy with me. Has a rich legacy, right? So here's just a quick, brief history of River of Life. The Assembly of God Church on the Cross had its origin under the ministry evangelist Paul McKinney and Reverend Robert Ryben. The services were initiated January 1, 1935. The first services were held in the former Baptist Church building located at 7th and Winnebago Streets. Is the Baptist Church still there? Nobody knows? We shouldn't be going to the Baptist Church anyway. Services. <laughs> we love Baptists. Services were later held in the former Maranalo building, right? 226 South 6th Street. Pastors included Hugh Edwards, Clarence Jensen, W.H. Murren, J.J., Selness, and Elma. Niles. The work was reorganized January 1941 after a lapse of six months. Services were held in the first Scandinavian church. Isn't that cool? So we really are Vikings, guys. <laughs> Saying. Skull. Everyone's telling me I should switch teams, but it ain't going to happen. <laughs> Oh, man. Under the ministry of Reverend Ryben, property was purchased and new building erected at 206 North 7th Street. The first service held in the basement was the New Year's Eve watch service in 1945. The dedication of the completed structure was during the week of June 9th of 1946. 
under the leadership of Reverend George Brown. That's from 1948 to 1951. The congregation caught the vision of securing a lot for a new building with more adequate facilities. A lot was purchased at 16th and Ferry Streets in 1950 under the ministry of Reverend Darwin Heiser. The indebtedness on the old property and the new lot was erased. That mortgage burning was on Easter Sunday of 1955. Construction on the new facility started in the fall of 1956. Dedication was, I'm sorry, that was erased. The, the mortgage burden's coming up. Construction on the new facility started in the fall of 1956. Dedication services were held on Good Friday, April 19th, 1957. The dedication message was given by Reverend George Raymond Carlson. Reverend Heiser, Reverend Donald Skaggs became the pastor from 1958 to 63. Under the leadership of Reverend Francis Jones... 1963 to 1974, the congregation held the mortgage burning services on May 30th, 1971. Pastors since then have been Reverend Clark Gage, Reverend David Jones. Anybody remember Pastor Clark Gage? They used to come here when I first moved here. Then they ended up moving out to South or North Dakota, one of those two. Reverend David Jones, Reverend Jerry King, Reverend Louis Medina Jr., Reverend Doug Graham from 1995 to 2005, Jeff Thompson from 2005, I believe, to 2014, and then now yours truly, Pastor Jacob Wallace, still present, right? God has had his hand on this church for 80 plus years, and he hasn't even begun to scratch the surface of how he sees the next phase of our church and what we're moving into, amen? God plays the long game on this stuff. He builds, he grows, he matures, he gets us ready to launch. And I believe that we're in that phase right now, people. I believe that we're moving into a new identity to see the next phase and the next thing, the next generation of our church begin to unfold and begin to grow. Who's ready to go with me? Right, I'm ready to go. See, throughout every generation, all the hardships, all the victories, all the friendships that most of us here have created, you can probably look around and see people that used to come here that don't come here anymore. Those are friendships that we've developed over the years, right? Relationships throughout all the board discussions of what we're gonna do, how we're gonna do it, how we're gonna hire the next pastor, what should we look for? When they hired me, the one thing that they all agreed on was they wanted a transformative pastor. I hope that I fit that bill. It's Jacob Transformer Wallace. <laughs> Throughout every pastoral transition, one thing you can see when you read the history of our church and read through all the minutes like I did, read through all the discussions and the board things, one thing that you can see that has remained the same from the erection of this church all the way until now is that God has remained faithful and he will continue to remain faithful. Amen? He will continue to remain faithful if we continue to put our trust and hope and our love in him and focus in on the presence of Jesus, we will see the new thing happen within our church. Who's ready to go with me? Psalms chapter 77, verses 11 through 15 puts it like this. I shall remember the deeds of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and muse on your deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your strength among the people. You have, by your power, redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. 
And I love this word, Selah. It means to breathe it in. It means to take a moment. It means to stop and think. Again, after looking through all the old files dating back to even the 50s, you can see a common theme throughout the years. Here are the common things that have happened with our church. Like I said, this is a different kind of message. I understand that and I know that, but I think it's really important that we'll never know where we're going unless we don't remember who we were. Amen? So some of these common themes you can see throughout the history of our church after reading documents and all these kinds of things. Here are the common themes that I studied out about our church. The Holy Spirit was the main source of this church. It was birth in the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, as long as I'm your pastor, it will remain in the power of the Holy Spirit. This church always wanted to reach the lost. It always had an outreach heart and an outreach mentality. See, when I'm reading these things to you, these are the call of God, the mandates of the Lord for this body. Because if it started then, see, you'll never know where you're going unless you remember where you were. See, if we, if we can think back and look back on all the things that this, the words and the, and the things that God has spoken over our church, we can clearly see how God and what God sees us to do. Amen? See, this church, the common, one of the common things was always wanted to reach to loss. This is a soul-winning church. Soul-winning church. We have an average of three people a week getting saved every Sunday. Now, I think that's awesome. Casting the net is great. But there's something about when they start getting integrated and start getting disciples. See, the Bible necessarily didn't just call us to win the loss. He called us to make disciples. Come on, somebody. Because this is where you and I come in. This is where you come in. See, sheep always beget sheep. Shepherds never do that. So it's important that we learn that, that as somebody within the local church, as a body of Christ, as a family of Jesus, that we learn to take on the mandate of reaching our brothers and sisters and begin to teach and begin to show them what that means. I'm not going to go into what discipleship is. I taught about that a couple weeks ago. But begin to build relationships and community. This church has always had a call on that, on discipling the lost. Impacting our community was another theme. Always preaching the word of God. Francis Jones was really great at that. Always preaching the word of God. It started back when the first church meeting happened with that evangelist. And make no mistake about it, it's going to end that way is when Jesus comes back. That this church will always continue to preach the word of God despite how unpopular it might be. Amen? Mm. One of the other things was care within our church to minister to each other. It's another common theme. I'm just not telling you what I want you to hear. These are the things that I've read from the latest or from the earliest of board minutes that I can read, from notes that the pastors made. I can't wait till it's 30-30, which I don't think we're gonna make it by then, but let's just say that we do, Okay. And some pastor standing up here, because I'll be with Jesus in heaven, right? Some pastor will be up here going, man, I found Pastor Jake's notes. And there's a common theme. See, you never know where you're going unless you remember where you were. The other thing, too, the common theme about our church was leaving a great church for the next generation. 
That was always something very thoughtful that every pastor that's been here at this church has always thought about. What's this gonna look like for the next generation? How can I leave it better than what I found it? How can I leave it better than what I found it? You see, every generation of our church has always had kid outreaches and kids pastors, teen outreach and teens pastors. At one time, we had a very thriving bus ministry that would pick up kids for church. Was anybody here during that time? Had a very thriving bus ministry that would pick up kids and families for church. But there was also some other common themes within these, the history of our church that weren't so great. We're going to take a minute. We're going to tackle some of these. See, I love all the good things that this church has done, but there are also some things that I notice that maybe have been spoken over our church that weren't really a godly thing over our church. And here's what they were. I'm just telling you where we were, not how we're going to be. Do you really understand what I'm saying here? Okay. Because it's really important that we get this because what I'm about to tell you is not who we're going to be. We're going to break this and we're going to move forward from this. And there's been some things over the past few years since I moved here that have uprooted some things that needed to take place, things that God did. Right. But I believe that there's more in store. Amen. Amen. I believe there's more in store. So one of the common themes that we read, that I read from the earliest subordinate minutes that I can find in the 1950s was this, that the church always lacked and never had enough. That it was never able to reach the goals and visions the Lord had put in the pastor's heart. I wrote down a note in 2019 and I sent it to Ryan this last week. In 2019, the Lord spoke to me in my office, 10% of Onalaska would be reached by River of Life Church. How many people are in Onalaska? 15,000 maybe? I believe that our church is gonna have an impact by 2030 and we'll begin to see the church grow, not because of numbers sake, but because of the outreach sake. Because every number has a name and every name matters to Jesus. Every name matters to Jesus. One of the common themes that we're gonna break this morning was never being able to reach the goals and visions that the Lord had put on the pastor's heart. Another one of the common themes was complaints and grudges. But honestly, these are the things we call normal church. Ah, it's just normal church stuff. Honestly, really it is. But it doesn't have to be that way. Why do we settle for sicknesses in our body when God says that you're healed? Why should we settle for disunity within the church just because it's normal church stuff? No way, in Jesus' name, amen? See, and I believe that God wants to break off these words and these, ver these vows and these curses that have been spoken over our church throughout every generation within this church. And I'm guaranteeing you right now, I'm not gonna allow that to happen. It's just not gonna happen. As the shepherd over this home, over this house, my job is to make sure that I protect the church's integrity and character. And make no mistake about it, that's what we're gonna do. This isn't something I take very lightly. Why? Because Jesus is coming back soon. And we ain't got time to play church. 
There's a world out there that needs to be lost, that needs to be discipled, that needs to come and know who Jesus Christ is in his presence. Yes, I am all for capital C, big church. Trust me, I am. But God has a call for this church because we're talking about it. God has a call for identity for this church, for this house located right here. It's no mistake that Doug Graham says we need to go build a building right over there in, in, behind Caribou Coffee. That's what I always tell people where we're at. And then someone asked me this week, I, I called to get a bid on something. Someone says, oh man, I've been wanting to come to that church. I've heard so much about it. And they said, are you located behind that Mike's place? And I said, yeah, it's us. Right behind Mike's place. Jersey Mike's, okay? So we're gonna take a few minutes here and we're just gonna, we're gonna by faith, break the curses and the vows that have been spoken over our church. Amen? Can you guys partner, me, partner with me on that? Do you mind doing that with me? Like I said from the beginning, my intent for today is to get you to feel like you belong. Because every single one of you in this house, I don't care if you're new, doesn't matter to me if you're visiting with us, because you are a believer. And maybe you're not a believer. Guess what? Today's the day of salvation. Right now is the time, right? But if you are a believer, you're part of this movement. You're part of what God wants to do. You belong here. You belong here. So let's do this, okay? So we're gonna take just a couple of minutes, about a minute, because it doesn't take much to break the, the <laughs> it, it, doesn't, it doesn't do much to raise up a standard against the enemy, amen? Because he's this small. That's it. And we serve a great God, don't we? We serve a big God, so let's do it. We're gonna break the curse of lack and poverty over our church. Okay? All right. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray. You join me. Okay? And if you don't know how to pray this, I'm going to teach you. Just do what I do. As Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Okay? So Father, right now in Jesus' name, we just take the words over a lack and the poverty spirit over this church right now that we will never have enough Father, right now, we just break the curse of that word. God, we, we, we break the curse of that, of that vow, Lord Jesus, that was made from the very beginning of things that even people might have flippantly said, Jesus. Lord, that has been used as a weapon against this body and against this church. And if we are to move into the year of 2020 with a new identity, we are not gonna move in Jesus' name with lack. We are not gonna move with the poverty spirit any longer in Jesus' name. So right now, by your blood and by faith, we break the curse of poverty poverty and lack over this house right now in the name of Jesus. God, you promised us in your word that whatever we bind on heaven shall be bound on earth and whatever we loose in heaven shall be loose on earth. So right now, Father, we loose abundance. Come on, agree with me. We just loose abundance right now in this place that we will never be in lack any longer, Jesus. We will never be in lack anymore, Father. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Father, we pray that God's plans, your plan, will break through as you desire. That every plan that you've put in every pastor's heart that's been here, all the way from its conception, Father, from the very beginning, in Jesus' name, we just pray that those plans and those purposes, those mandates you've called this church to be, Father, would, would take, not only just take root, God, we'll begin to grow, God, and we begin to move into the calling that you've called us, Father. In Jesus' name, God, and I just pray for unity, God, and peace amongst our church right now. 
that, Lord, you would silence the enemy, Father, when he comes in and tries to divide and begins to come and and, and set up dissensions, God, and factions, Jesus. Lord, we just speak against those right now in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we just plead the blood of Jesus over every situation, over every complaint, over every grumble, Father. We refuse to just accept it as normal church stuff. God, we want to see a move of, of God in our church, God, in this house, Jesus. We want to see us move together, Father. Holy Spirit, we just pray for unity. God, if there's anybody offended at anything, Jesus, may we not hold it in, God. But Father, may we just learn to release it to you and walk in the atmosphere of forgiveness. God, help us to walk in forgiveness. Jesus, you walked in forgiveness so much that even on the cross, you said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus, help us to walk in forgiveness and humility. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. So I see us as a church, and I'm going to move on to just preach a quick word. It's having a mortgage-burning ceremony like Pastor Jones did in May 30th, 1971. And trust me, I like fire, okay? No, I really do. I don't think you understand. It is going to be the most pyrotechnic mortgage-burning ever, okay? I'm talking like... Ready, press the button, go. It's, I'm, I'm not playing, okay? Because I like fire. I like blowing stuff up. My favorite thing was shooting a, shooting a bucket of Tannerite. A five-gallon bucket of Tannerite, to be exact. That sucker blew up, man. Boom, and I was like, take me now, Jesus. I've experienced everything. It's the most beautiful thing ever. <laughs> but I believe... I believe by 2030, if not sooner, that we're going to see a mortgage-burning ceremony right here at this church. Amen? That is, hear me, that is our identity. That is our identity, to come under from the debt of what was birthed in this church years ago for the right reasons, but we're going to move forward in it. Amen? So with that, there's been a call of God in our church to win the lost, disciple the believer, and equip the, equip the saints for the work of the ministry and create and leave a legacy. Someone say legacy. legacy. Leave a legacy for the next generation of people. The question is, are we ready? Are we ready to identify as a part of this church and this body to move this ship to the next place? And each of us has a part of where the ship is headed each and every single one of you. Someone said this a few weeks ago. It's amazing that God is sending ministers, literal, like trained in college, have graduated, got certificate ministers here. Not that you have to do all that to be ministers, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But, but it's amazing that God is bringing people here, I believe, for the next part of our church. I do believe that. God's bringing the pieces together the people together to launch into this next season. So when we talk about remembering, this is where I'm going to end it. So Caitlin, if you can come up. When we talk about remembering, we have to remember what David said in Psalms chapter 51. And this is where I want to kind of tune in just to you right now. Not necessarily our church, but to you. As we talk about remembering, we have to remember what David said in Psalms 51. This is what he said. But before I read it, let me read you the context of what's happening here with David. So in a nutshell, 
David, he was a married man, saw Bathsheba bathing while he was walking around the roof of his palace. Anybody guys remember this story? It's a pretty common story. But I can't assume anymore that everyone knows the Bible stories of old. I can't do that. Here's David. He sees Bathsheba. He gets his vortex scope out. Hones in. And he says, ooh, mama. She's fine. I'm getting you prepped for February because that's what we're going to be talking about, okay? He has an affair with Bathsheba. Remember, he's married, so is she. Has an affair with Bathsheba. Has her husband killed in war. And just a lot of bad stuff took place. See, I want you to know (laughs) that if you're here this morning and you feel that you're bad, I promise you I can probably find about 100 stories in the Bible where they were really bad. Worse than you. But Jesus still called David a man after my own heart. That's what the Lord said about him. There's nothing you can do to make God love you any less. (laughs) He loves you for who you are. So after these events, David was confronted by the prophet Nathan in a memorable way. You can read that in 2 Samuel. Fortunately, this confrontation ended with David coming to his senses and recognizing the error of his ways. And so out of this, out of that whole thing, out of the thing that, 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 that took place, this is where we get Psalms chapter 51. Okay? And here's what he said. I'm just going to point a little bit out of this. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. See, we'll never know where we're going if we don't remember who we were. And I think sometimes in the life of a believer and in the life of a Christian, we have to remember where we were in order to have the joy of the Lord in our hearts to move us forward. But I think sometimes we get caught up in distractions and things like that, that we actually forget that Jesus literally saved us from the grips of hell. He took you out of Satan's grip and he placed you in the arms of Christ. Now you are a new person. Guess what, guys? If you have believed in Jesus as your savior, you're going to heaven. Plain and simple. That's all there is to it. See, but I believe that most people fall away from their true purpose in Christ because they have forgotten where they have come from. They lost the joy they once had. And they try to find that joy in something else. Now I'm talking to you. They try to find that joy in something else. Whatever that might be. Fill in the blank. The Bible says that sin lasts for a season, but his love is forever. Yeah, you might find joy for a season. Right now we're in a winter season and I can't wait till spring. Spring's my favorite season because it's muddy, 
It's gross. I get to try out my tires and four-wheel drive. I get to do all those great things. But then also the cool thing about spring is that that's when everything starts to kind of bloom and grow. It's the newness of what's happening. And it's such an awesome thing, but before you know it, summer's here. And it's hot, it's humid. Mosquitoes, the Wisconsin bird. They come out to visit you. And what do we do? I just wanna be inside, it's so hot. Forgetting that winter's just around the corner. Sin may last for a season, but the season changes. And before you know it, that sin that once gave you joy will leave you dry and hanging on the inside. You'll always feel like you have a lack of something in your heart, but his love lasts forever. And I believe that people go out and they do all these certain things. Maybe you're in this house this morning and you're in that category. Maybe you've been trying to experiment with different things. Maybe you've been trying to go out and, and, and the temptation that once held you bound is coming back and knocking on your door. I wanna encourage you and I wanna suggest to you this morning that allow the joy of your salvation to overcome the temptation that's coming at you. Remember, restore the joy of my salvation. When I first got saved, when I first come to know Jesus Christ, when he first rescued me from the pits of hell, when he first came, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. You might say here, pastor, I don't have a past like that. Listen, there's nothing greater. There's no greater testimony than a kept testimony. You don't have to have a past. You just have to know who Jesus is in your future. You just have to know who he is inside of you. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. See, because if the joy of your salvation is strong, you won't be tempted to go do the other things. Maybe the things of your past are coming back again at you. I want you to know something. When Jesus saved you, he set free all those things. But we have to remember, remember what it was like before then. So that way the joy of the Lord can be our guide and our lead and our moving forward. See, I believe one of the things is our identity. As this new identity in our church unfolds, we're gonna see joy. So I'm gonna say joy, joy. See, cause joy just isn't a fruit of the spirit. Joy is a person, his name is Jesus. Mr. Joy himself. The joy of our salvation will be restored despite anything currently that is happening in our culture. And we will be attractive to the community and to the region because of his salvation and the joy that we ooze from our church. It's so awesome to see when everyone walks in. I'm telling you right now, I just breathe it in. It's so awesome to see when everybody walks in, everyone's talking, they're laughing, they're having a good time, everything's great. Look, why wouldn't anybody want to be in this atmosphere? The joy of your salvation. It's what this is, amen? So in conclusion, I just want to pray this morning that maybe you've lost that joy of your salvation. Maybe Maybe, just maybe, we've allowed the distractions of this world to come at us and we're getting pulled in certain directions. Maybe 
We've gone back to maybe some of the ways that we used to live, thinking it's okay. It's not that big of a deal. Look, the enemy's lying to you. Don't settle for it. (laughs) Don't put up with that. It may be okay now, but I promise you it's just for a season. And you will find yourself right back again at Jesus' feet going, God, forgive me of my sin. But God wants you to move past that and move in him. He wants you to move away from that and move towards him. And I want to pray this morning for you that the joy of your salvation will be restored in our hearts so that way we can move and walk according to what he has for us. Amen. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you for saving me from my past. Thank you for saving me, Jesus, and having grace for me, Father. I'm talking about me right now. Jesus, thank you for saving me, Jesus. Even though I grew up in church, even though I sat on the rows, God, in the pews of an Assembly of God church in Las Cruces, New Mexico, Jesus, I still veered away from that. Thank you for the times that you still had grace for me and you still accepted me, Jesus, for who I was. Thank you for the time, God, that I knew that I was off and I was running away from you, that you reached down to me, that you didn't give up on me, Jesus. Thank you, God, for not giving up on me, God. Thank you for not giving up on me, Jesus, but always running towards my heart. God, restore unto me the joy of my salvation, Father. And I just pray for every single person in this house right now, whether they're just passing through, if they're just coming for a quick visit, whether they be trying to find a church they wanna go to, God, whether they're here forever, Jesus, I pray for the restoration of the joy of the Lord in our hearts because, Father, another thing about joy is that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we don't need to get stronger. We need more joy. Ha! We need more joy. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You're gripping hearts even now, Father. I can sense it. I can feel it in my heart. If there's anybody here this morning that says, you know what, Pastor? I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to repent of my sin. Repent simply means to change your mind, but it also means coming to God, realizing that what you've done was wrong and coming to him so he can wipe away everything that is in your heart away and make you brand new. If that's you this morning, you say, you know what, Pastor? Pray for me, man. I want Jesus coming to my life. I know I haven't been living right and I know things are going astray. God, and I know that I'm running away from God, but today I want to settle it. I want to make it right. If that's you, just raise your hand right now in Jesus' name, if that's you. Anybody in this place? I always throw the net because you never know. Hallelujah. So for every believer in this house right now, in Jesus' name, I just pray that the joy of the Lord would grow in our hearts and our lives. Father, let us be set to move in you and to walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen.